In a word, impressive. At least that was my first impression of Josh Dobbs. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. We talk about the Cardinals' newest quarterback. He's been with the team for less than a week, yet he very well may be the team's week one starter. Zach Ertz, will he play week one? Plus, a whole lot of roster shuffling, who's coming and who's going. First, though, some birthday shout-outs. We'll leave it up to you to determine who is more important. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 668, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, one heart, one threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So on this date in 1983, do you know what happened, Danny? Well, that's hard because I was not even a thought yet for my parents, but I have an wow, idea of where you're just, going. Oh, that was just... That was not that was not good for me. I walked into that. All right. Well, okay. On this date, August 31st, 1983, Larry Fitzgerald was born. The man is 40 years young on August 31st. And is anybody else celebrating a birthday on August 31st? There is. I don't know exactly what year, and because I value my job and my <laughs> role within Smart the man. Arizona Cardinals, I'll just say this. Happy birthday, Darren Urban. Happy birthday at Cards Chatter. Our immediate boss, but not our over... Mm, not my boss. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't have to get him anything, basically, is what you're saying. I told him happy birthday. I did too. And that was okay. the extent of it. Perfect. That's good enough, right? I mean, Darren didn't get me anything else for my birthday. Fair point. Okay. I hope the two of them are having great days on (laughs) August 31st. All right. What did not happen on August 31st, but what happened earlier this week, Danny, we had the opportunity to see and then hear from new quarterback Josh Dobbs. Okay. It was limited in what we were able to see. The open portion of practices now are about 20 minutes, and it's basically individual following team stretch and then individual drills, position drills. So couldn't really gather much information on how Dobbs looked throwing the football. He looked fine. What I will say, though, is what we heard from Dobbs after that first practice. It was impressive. He is very well-spoken, and you can see why the first adjective anybody has chosen to describe Dobbs is intelligent. Off the field, yes, he is an astronaut. He has had multiple internships with NASA, incredibly smart. But it also just seems like on the field, that cerebral position of playing quarterback and everything happening so fast and having to understand and see a lot of things, you get the impression that he is smart on that front as well. Impressions are great. This is somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience. He started two games last year in Tennessee when general manager Monty Austin Fort was also with the Titans. 
I believe he's only thrown 85 passes. Correct. And 68 of those happened during those two games with the Titans. And he's moved around a couple times. It almost feels not to compare of in terms of the play, but it kind of feels like a Colt McCoy almost in a sense of being that backup, moving around, being in a bunch of different schemes, getting the opportunity to start for a few weeks until Kyler Murray comes back. So you hope that it pans out. I mean, I mean, the staff clearly sees something in Josh Dobbs. They they wanted to get him earlier in the offseason. It didn't work out. There's, you know, it's full circle that Dobbs end, ends up in Arizona because he was originally committed to ASU and then decommitted and then in the offseason was deciding between Arizona and Cleveland and went with Cleveland and now he's in Arizona. So it was meant to be for him to be here. Dobbs has connections with offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. He has connections with quarterbacks coach Izzy Wolfork. So there are familiar faces for him here who clearly like what he brings to the table. And if right now it's just Dobbs and Tune, you would imagine giving up what you did in the trade for Dobbs and doing so after the preseason and the fact that he's not going to get those live reps. Doing all of that makes me believe you are starting with Josh Dobbs week one in Washington. And Dobbs even was asked and admitted that the offensive system, the scheme, similar to what he ran in Cleveland at the start of last season with Drew Petzing and Israel Wolfork. So there is that familiarity, although as Dobbs mentioned, every coach adds their own little tweaks and nuances because Petzing was a quarterback's coach. He wasn't the offensive coordinator. But you come in here as someone basically within two weeks, you could be QB1 for a team that you did not take a single snap during the offseason training camp or preseason games, which is unheard of. Yet at the same time, you get the sense based off what we heard and then his background of being around since 2017. No, he has not played a lot. He has practiced a lot, and he has been around a lot in different schemes as far as what he needs to do. And I found it interesting that his first two starts, his only two starts of his career, happened late last season. But just what he was able to gather from those two starts, if, again, we believe he will be, but if he is QB1 against the Commanders, he can go back to those two games and go, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what did I learn from, what would I do differently? And I think that will help as well. Some experience is better than no experience. True. And the little experience he has is still more than your rookie quarterback, Clayton Toon, who, yes, looked good in the preseason, didn't entirely look ready to be your starting quarterback with some of the throws and the footwork and decisions that were made, which you would expect out of a rookie getting those first reps. It just, I understand the desire to have somebody else start over tune. And if you didn't feel like that was David Blau or Jeff Driscoll and Kyler Murray is not going to be ready, he's going to start on the pup list, which means he can't play. He can't practice for at least four weeks. It makes sense why you're going to find somebody else to bring in. And if multiple people on this coaching staff, like Dobbs, were already interested in him, it seems like a natural fit to, to choose Dobbs to come in and be your quarterback. It's not easy to come in on such short notice without training camp, without preseason, and have to learn what this staff is asking of you and also learn who your teammates are. I mean, Dobbs had a funny story saying, you know, 
at the end of practice, a guy named Hayden came up to me and said, hey, you were taking snaps for me. My name's Hayden, by the way. Like, that's just how it happens. Like, there's so much going on, and he's got to learn who everybody is. There were a couple of different times during his 17 minutes introductory press conference where he mentioned, you know, what's the biggest challenge? What does he need to do first? And it was learn my teammates and not just learn who they are, but learn their names. Because I'm sure when he got here, it was basically bombarded with a number of different people, whether it was coaches or players. And these players are now your teammates. You're going to walk into a huddle week one in Washington and you better know all 10 names and then whoever comes in and out as well. But it's it's very unique. And I do like the fact that while you and I and many others believe that he is the guy, Dobbs doesn't think that or doesn't come across as, yes, it's my job. I've been told it. I don't know what he's been told. But he is competing. And to hear him talk, he competes all the way back when he was a draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2017, you go in with that mindset, oh yeah, I'm competing to be the guy, even though he was backing up Ben Roethlisberger and there was no chance of seeing Josh Dobbs in a Steelers uniform unless Roethlisberger was hurt. But it's just that mindset and the expectation, oh yeah, I see myself as a starter. The confidence that he has to be able to do the job if called upon, but there is no expectation, at least I didn't get that sense that he has, that oh yeah, it's my job and I'm here and I'm going to be the quarterback until Kyler comes back. And that's what you need out of, again, Dobbs, who has been a backup quarterback this far in his career, is that's the mindset you need. How many times do we hear that from every backup quarterback? Colt McCoy, a ton of... You have to have that mindset if you have to go in for whatever reason that you know the plays, you know what you need to do, and you can go out there and you can be confident. And so it is it is nice to hear that Dobbs has that mindset as well. It feels like at this point this is Josh Dobbs' starting position to lose is what it feels like. And in, in terms of a competition, it doesn't end when Kyler Murray comes back because who's going to be QB2? Right. Like if Josh Dobbs doesn't perform and you have to, for whatever reason, put in Clayton Toon and, and rock with Toon and see what he has. I mean, there's still competition moving forward right now. The Cardinals just have these two quarterbacks on the active roster and Jeff Driscoll will likely be on the practice squad because he was released. And then we saw him out at practice Wednesday. So there's still going to be movement when Kyler Murray comes back. So it's not like, let me just go out, let me, you know, get some good tape for other teams for four or six, who knows, maybe eight weeks, and then that's it. Like, this will continue for the rest of the season and and keeping your spot. And you get a sense that maybe there is no guarantee after those six, seven, eight weeks that Dobbs is here, depending to your point, you keep two quarterbacks on your active roster. Which two are those going to be? Because if you do release one of them, well, now you're subject to waivers if you're Clayton Toon, meaning some team could pick you up. Now, again, no guarantee that that happens, but that's the risk you run when you release a young player. In terms of Dobbs, he would be able to, he'd be free to sign with whomever he wants based off his veteran, uh, vested veteran status because he's been in the league for so long. But you bring up Kyler Murray, and it's something that you wonder. Was this move or does this move bringing in Josh Dobbs signal that we weren't quite comfortable with what we had already because Kyler's going to miss X amount of weeks? And now all of a sudden we needed something else because it might be longer than expected or am I just throwing something out there that might not be even be the case? 
That's a great question. You should have asked that in a press conference, Craig. <laughs> oh, wait. I did ask that question. <laughs> uh, all we really got was what we've been getting, which is when Kyler Murray is mentally and physically ready to return, he will return. Um, but but that is a thought that I had as well of with Kyler starting on pup, he can't practice for four weeks. I don't see it as a realistic option that the first day after that 49ers game that Monday, Kyler comes back and practices one week of practice. He's playing in that game in week five. I just don't see that as realistic. I think you're going to have to bring Kyler Murray back and you have to give him a few weeks with practice and his body getting used to that routine and having to recover and and pushing himself in a way that he just hasn't been able to at this point throughout his rehab. And so the fact that he's going to be out for, I would say, right, let, like let's just guesstimate if he is going to come back after those minimum four weeks of pop, like week six-ish, Right, like I would think that you would need at least two weeks of practice. Right? I would think, but that would factor in to this quarterback decision because if you were expecting Kyler to be able to come back earlier, maybe you just go with Clayton Toon. You say, you know what, let's do trial by fire. Let's see what we have in this kid. What do we really need to work on? Does he have a future here? But that's not what they're doing, um, and so that makes me think that okay, it will be a little longer than probably four weeks for Kyler Murray to return, and that's why you're bringing in Josh Dawes, somebody who has that experience. But I, I would think that that played a role in this. I'm sure that played a role in Colt McCoy as well of if Kyler was not going to start on pop and he was only going to miss two weeks, right? Like maybe it would have made more sense to keep somebody like Colt. But since that's not the case and they clearly want somebody who's a little more mobile, I'm sure, you know, it all factored in together of this all starts with Kyler Murray and how long he's going to be out, which affected releasing Colt McCoy and bringing in Josh Dobbs and, and releasing David Blau and just putting Jeff Driscoll on the practice squad. It, it all is under the umbrella that comes from Kyler Murray's timetable to return. And if you are a player on the physically unable to perform list, it is rehab and watch. Zach Gertz, I thought, was good when he addressed the media earlier this week because he was asked what you can and cannot do when you are on the pup list. And he mentioned, and I was not quite aware of this, I knew you couldn't practice but you can't even do any football activities. He and Kyler Murray could not even run routes or throw the football. And that was something that seemed, and I got the sense even from Zach, that seemed a little odd that you couldn't do that. Can't play catch with your quarterback who's also on pup. Yeah, so literally no football activities. That's taking a snap from center, even if it's just you and someone else. Or you're throwing the football to someone else. doesn't even have to be a player, just anyone. No football activities. So to think that Kyler Murray is going to come off pup on August, excuse me, on October 2nd, I believe that's the Monday after the 49ers game, and then be available week five, week six, we might not see him until week seven or even eight, which is not a big surprise, at least for me. I don't know what your expectations were, but it was always going to be sometime in October when we see number one on the football field. It makes sense to me. You can't, you know, play catch on the sideline because I think you just start going down a slippery slope of how much can you do and what can't you do. So I get that. But but I do have the same thought as you as it feels like it's not just going to be four weeks. Um, look, they, they can keep 
Kyler Murray on pup for six, oh, eight yeah. weeks, as, as long as they want. It's just a matter of when you're on that pup list, you can't practice. So while it will be a great step forward when he comes off that list at whatever point that is, I don't equate that to saying Kyler Murray is going to be ready to start that next game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because now all of a sudden that October 2nd date becomes what we all circle on the calendar, and that's the next time we get to ask, okay, what's the update? Right. Because until we get then, it doesn't matter because Kyler can't do anything until October 2nd unless, you know, that's the date. You're either coming off or you're staying on the pub list. And Kyler won't be the only one who's going to be out for a minimum of four games because the roster, yes, first initial fifty cuts to fifty three have happened, but this roster is constantly going to be in flux. We've already seen that with Cardinals making a few waiver claims, getting a league high six players. Um, but there, there's going to be players who are going to be moved likely to IR, um, and that's going to keep them out. That's also a minimum four of four weeks. So it's it's going to be some roster movement still these next couple days throughout you know into next week before week one in Washington. Um, but there are players who we who have been dealing with injury that we didn't see out at practice Wednesday. We already know that center Pat Elfline, rookie center John Gaines are done for the year because if you put a player on IR before those initial roster cuts, you're done for the year. And that was the case with Elfline and Gaines, which just a bummer for the rookie who was getting second team snaps, getting a lot of looks in the preseason, a lot of reps. Um, coach is talking very highly of him. That's that's a huge bummer. A knee injury for Gaines, and he was going to be active on game day. He was going to dress because, as you mentioned, backup center can play the interior in the in a pinch. He could play some tackle as well. He's that versatile, and that's what this coaching staff wants: versatility along the offensive line. Dennis Daly, we found out on Thursday, head coach Jonathan Gannon saying Daly's ankle injury is going to keep him out week one against the Washington Commanders. Now, we don't know how serious of an ankle injury. We just know that it's week one. Speaking of which, Zach Ertz, off pup, but even he wouldn't say, I'm going to play week one. Didn't I wouldn't say he didn't sound confident. I don't think he just didn't want to put something out into the universe and then have it backfire on him. I believe week one is the goal. Everyone wants him to play. But just to kind of hear him say, oh, yeah, I, no, I still got some things I need to work through or test and then see how my knee responds, not just the next day, but a couple of days after I'm out there for a full practice. That, yes, and also because we've learned we're not going to get any sort of information no, that's, that's going to be considered a competitive <laughs> advantage to keep close to the chest. So we will supposedly not be told who the starting quarterback is week one in Washington And so until we see team warm-ups will, and we see... That, that it will, will leak out. Yes. Either late Saturday yes. or early I'm Sunday I'm just saying, morning. like when it comes yes. to Zach Ertz, while yes, I, I do agree that he's probably not wanting to commit to anything quite yet just with the injury he's coming off of and having not you know seen any reps in the preseason and all of that um but I also just think it's it's a it's a theme that we're really not going to know a lot about injuries or starters or any of that you'll know though I mean the bulldog mentality that you have as a reporter you'll find out all this stuff you just won't share it with I just anyone. can't share it with anyone yeah, exactly Craig. not even me here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Really unfortunate, but that's you know that's the difference between <laughs> Danny and 
everyone else that you know <laughs> everyone she, else she, she keeps things quiet and keeps her secrets not a lot of people do that so i give you props thanks you know more than you let on in other words i think that's a compliment so i'll, oh, I'll yeah. keep it thank yeah. you all right you brought up the six players claimed there were three offensive linemen, including two centers, which were very much needed, two defensive backs, and one tight end who was a wide receiver in college. Let's go over the names, anyone that stands out or you want to discuss, but the three offensive linemen, center Tristan Colon and center Keith Ishmael, and then an offensive lineman can play both guard and tackle Elm Manning. Ishmael and Manning both claimed off the 49ers after they were released and Cologne from the Jets. Any one of those stand out? Are you expecting contributions right away? Right away, no. I, th- I think at this point your starting offensive line is set. Um, but to me, it's going to be that fight for your backup center spot because right now that that's a huge question mark. So, so those spots to me are all depth. You have your swing tackle in Calvin Beecham, but... On the in- interior of that offensive line, you you really need depth, especially you released Lucita Smith, Marquise Hayes, again, Pat Alfline and John Gaines, not going to play all year on IR, trading away Josh Jones. So a lot of that depth now is up for grabs. So that's what I'm looking for with those offensive linemen and who is who's going to be on that second team. Interesting to see what happens with that backup center because Ishmael does have starting experience. It wasn't or hasn't been since 2021 when he was with the Commanders, spent last season on the 49ers practice squad. And then Manning is a local kid out of Glendale, went to Apollo High School. So a little bit of a homecoming for him, someone that the Cardinals did spend a lot of time, according to Jonathan Gannon, during the pre-draft process, someone that they liked leading up to the draft, didn't draft him. Perhaps they tried to sign him in as an undrafted free agent. Instead, he chose to go to the San Francisco 49ers. So you get someone that at least maybe you haven't had in the building, but you at least did your homework on. Not that they didn't do their homework on all six players, but there seems to be a little bit more with Manning and the fact that he is so young. You bring him in, and hopefully you can develop him. Yeah, again, like it's it's to a certain extent who you know, right? At this True. point, and Gannon talked about this in his press conference, you're not necessarily talking to other coaches because – you want to keep your cards close to the chest on on what you like and and what you were using or envision using a player for, um, but but coaches talk and and when you have those connections, someone like Josh Jobs, when you have those relationships, it goes a long way. No matter how much time has passed, the tight end that was claimed, Elijah Higgins, claimed after he was released by the Dolphins, former sixth round pick out of Stanford, so teammates with Michael Wilson. 6'3", 235. The Dolphins used him as a tight end. Gannon on Thursday said they see Higgins as a tight end. 6'3", perfect height. It's the 235. How how physical, how big is he to where you can block and be in a three-point stance and line up against a defensive end or an edge rusher? He's young, but... 235, that to me doesn't really signal tight end. It signals signals me basically more of a wide receiver or a quote-unquote tight end that lines up in the slot. Right, because you would be bringing him in as a blocker. You have Zach Ertz. You have Trey McBride. And and those are going to be more of your pass-catching tight ends. And you have Jeff Jeff Swaim, who's who's that blocker for you. Um, I know that the team released 
Blake Whitehart, but he seemed to be doing good work. So we'll see if maybe he ends up on the practice squad or, or how that kind of pans out. But you're right, you would be bringing him in as more of that blocking tight end, which we've been told to be on the lookout for more 12 and 13 personnel. Interesting, ESPN's Phil Yates reported on Thursday that there were five teams that put in a claim on Higgins. Cardinals were one of those five. Hey, it pays off being third in that order, (laughs) Craig. pays off being bad the year before. But as Field Yates tweeted out, the most popular player who was released, part of those waiver cuts, was Elijah Higgins. So it's not just the Cardinals that saw something in him. There were a number of different teams. And then on the defensive side, Cardinals claimed a cornerback, Starling Thomas, who was waived by the Lions, someone who went, went, went undrafted. And then safety, Kayvon Wallace, who if there is someone of those six, Danny, that is going to have maybe more of an immediate impact than anyone else, it is going to be Wallace. One, it's the position, playing safety. He becomes now just the third safety in that room with Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And oh yeah, former Philadelphia Eagle, Jonathan Gannon, Nick Rollis, both familiar with him. Did not play a lot of defense, just looking at a snap count from a year ago. 164 snaps on defense, 323 on special teams. But someone that maybe you can, in the in the eyes of like a, a Josh Woods, who hasn't seen a lot of time on defense but is on the roster because of special teams, just waiting for that opportunity to get the tap on the shoulder and say, hey, go play some defense as well. But Kayvon Wallace, I would think you see not only active, but on that defensive field. No, I agree that that makes sense and a lot of it because of the position that he plays. There is not depth really at all at that position. So it's, it's a great opportunity for him to come in and make a difference there. Um, and it's through three, four weeks? That, three weeks. Three weeks that the Cardinals will hold the third spot. Oh, when, the third. Um, you claim a player, you have to keep them on the active no, no, roster sorry, for but, three but weeks. The order. But the order claiming, I think, yes, it's, I think it's three weeks. It's three because three it's, it's from the draft order yeah. and then moving forward it's it's how the league is shaking out week by week so Cardinals will have a few more weeks where unless Texans or Chicago wants a player above them right Chicago no no uh, Texans and why am I blanking Colts. why can I not even think now one and two Thank you. I was right, Chicago. Thank Just you, right. Cody. Okay. I was looking. I couldn't see if that's it was Ola or have, Cody behind the glass. That's why we have Cody Fincher here I was with us right. here on Cardinals Cover. You were right. I yes. were right. Was right. So You're always um, right. Thank you. So okay, cut that, Cody. So <laughs> unless Chicago or Houston wants a player and the Cardinals want him, I'll come to Arizona. By the way, the Cardinals had no players claimed. On all their roster moves, they had no. Maybe players that's a claimed. good thing. Maybe maybe Bring some back of those. To what, the yes, like, squad? That, that's yes. what I see envisioning when you cut a rookie wide receiver, undrafted rookie, and someone like Daniel Arias or a tight end like Blake Whitehart of players that this coaching staff really seemed to like. Um, it's just it, it's maneuvering the roster spots, and, and you can only fit 53 players on there, but you still have those players who you like and you want to develop and you want to have the opportunity to call them up. And again, the roster's still going to be in flux, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see players like Whiteheart or Arias end up on the practice squad. Or oh, even a Marquise Hayes, Ben Stilley, Javante Moffitt. There were, those were the players that got released and now all of a sudden can find their way back onto the practice squad. We've already seen some players on the practice squad, but nothing officially announced by the Cardinals. And I don't think, this as far as the 53 and the 16-man practice squad, I wouldn't be too comfortable 
until we get to maybe next week, that Monday bonus practice on Labor Day, or even that Wednesday, your first quote-unquote official practice of the regular season, because now you got teams claiming players, and then you claim a player, you have to release a player. So now all of a sudden, there's a whole batch of players that are available for teams to put in another waiver claim. So between now and next week, there could be still some moving parts. And then with the health of some of these players, you mentioned injured reserve, you get placed on IR right now, that's missing the first four weeks. So we don't know the health and status of a MyJ Sanders, Dennis Gardeck, Marco Wilson. I mean, there's three huge defensive pieces right there that we're not quite certain of. And we won't be unless we see them on the practice field next week. Right. Still still plenty of movement that can be had between now and week one in Washington. Absolutely. But your position is secure, correct? You tell me. Do you know something I don't? <laughs> I don't. You know what I do know? Uh, you know a lot, Craig, so I don't want to guess. Is on Thursday. Tune in for the latest episode of Cardinals Flight Plan. Go to the YouTube page youtube.com forward slash AZ Cardinals. And this episode of Flight Plan details the coordinators. Defensive coordinator Nick Rollis, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers, some behind-the-scenes work during training camp, the joint practices with the Vikings. Again, this latest episode premieres Thursday, 7 p.m. on the Cardinals' official YouTube page. And this is this is, this is is what I like because it's the behind-the-scenes not with the players, you get to know who they are as people, but the coaches. Like, what are we going to see? Like, are we going to see more X's and O's and schemes or more of what they do, i.e. Jeff Rogers likes to ride his bike sometimes to and from the facility? Not now because it's 110 degrees out, but that's what he likes to do. No, these are – I was actually uh, – I got a, the chance oh, got, to be in, involved. on some of this stuff? Well, oh. I conducted some of these interviews, which uh, was a lot of fun out in Minnesota. I mean, these – coordinators are just so interesting to talk with even just passing by them in the facility and the energy that they have and and they're young and, and that's not a knock on any other you know court it's just it's a different vibe right it's different energy and it just it's it's really nice talking to them and get to see their personalities it doesn't really take much to open them up um so i think it's going to be a pretty good flight plan episode they're not that much different talking about Rollis and Petsing, then the head coach as far as the energy right. and the excitements and just how they're always quote unquote on. I mean they're genuinely. Yes. And it's not it's not an act. It's not like well they appear one way on camera or in front of a microphone and then behind the scenes they're something else. No, that is <laughs> that is not the case. What you see is what you get with the head coach and his two coordinators. Jeff Rogers, a little bit more reserved, although I love talking with Jeff about stuff. It's just he is so experienced. His humor. He is very experienced and knows what to say and what not to say, especially if you get him on the record. The dry humor, yes. too. It kills me. I love it. But he is someone that you can saddle up to on the sideline during training camp and have a conversation during 11 on 11 or whatever. And that's, you know, he's a good guy. I our, like Jeff. Our video department works so hard and gets so creative. And I know that we have tweeted out on our, you know, Twitter at AZ Cardinals a teaser clip and it's of Jeff Rogers on his bike and what some people don't think about is like oh that's cool he's riding his bike 
Well, you got to think about the people who are shooting it and to find a way to, re- to record an interview where somebody is riding their bike and you are getting footage on a camera. You are not getting in the way to where you're hitting them with the car or the bike or whatever you're on. You're getting them in focus and you have to set up somehow. It, 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 they did it through an AirPod, but you're conducting an interview like it. I mean, just props to our entire video department, our producers and editors and everybody who has a hand on it, which is our entire department. It's just I, I love these episodes and the work and the creativity that goes into them is is really impressive. So what you're saying is you were not riding your own bike alongside Jeff conducting this interview? This, this shoe was like before the sun came up, Craig. So What's wrong with that? That's when you have to ride your bike because it gets too warm, even no, in Minnesota. You know what? I think they had... Uh, a list of people and I was going to be, you know, on deck. I was the first fill-in if they needed and they just, they didn't need a sub. So I got to sleep in. Okay. You were like, just, you just barely missed the cut. Barely missed the cut. Huge bummer. Okay. Again, the premiere episode or the premiere of the latest episode of Cardinals Flight Plan, Thursday night, 7 p.m. on the Cardinals YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash AZ Cardinals. Go behind the scenes with the Arizona Cardinals defensive offensive and special teams coordinators by the way speaking of the video department when we last talked here on cardinals cover two we promoted game on i think it's only fitting that we kind of finish that story and i'm not exactly sure who exactly won but the interesting food combinations was a fun watch with you and BJ Ojolari. Again, go to the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube page. But this seemed like a playoff of James Corden's spill your guts or it fill did. your guts. That's a good segment. You know what? It was more of a challenge rather than a competition. But considering the fact I ended up being the one having to eat an Oreo yeah, that was not smothered uh, in mayonnaise makes me the loser. My stomach really hurt. I don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> I wasn't the one who dipped it like it was one of our producers and she just dunked that entire. I mean, you can see in the video, BJ, like he's standing next to me. He goes, I can smell that. It <laughs> smells disgusting. He is just the nicest person. The fact that he was one willing to do that type of interview with me I, I did make sure he knew afterwards I was like look not every interview is is gonna be this, yeah. this oh no of, here comes Danny she's gonna make me eat something I, yeah no no no. I was like the rest of the year I promise the interviews will be normal I'm not gonna make you eat make you eat anything we'll talk more football but just such a nice person and just to get a chance to hear his story of a little bit on on rehabbing and the unique rookie offseason he's had just because he's been rehabbing that knee that he ended up having a little a little work done on after the draft um, but getting to him to talk about his family and his brother Aziz, who plays with the Giants, who he'll get to see in the Cardinals' home opener week two, um, his family lineage, and the fact that he is a legitimate prince. But not to worry, Cardinals fans, he's not going to leave Arizona to go sit on the throne. He said he's so far down the line that's <laughs> not possible. So you're not going to lose your your draft pick there. Um, but it was just it was really fun for him to to see that his personality in, in this game and, and seemed like he had a good time. So do we have to address him as Prince BJ or Prince I don't Ojolari? Think so. I don't think so. That would be fun because I'm guessing once his teammates found out about that, his nickname in that locker room has to be Prince. Prince it I don't has know to what we'll something. have to we'll have to follow up and, and see. By the way, this is how nice of a guy bj is and i've had very little interaction with him but the fact that you lost one of these challenges and it was mustard on crackers and the lemon the lemon wedge. oh that's right and oh, the lemon wedge that's right mm-hmm. 
BJ joined in because he felt so bad because he kept that getting all kept, the good prizes. You kept losing that he said, "Okay, you know, I'll, I'll have some." That it was, was you participated in, in the, the mustard on a crust. Okay, that, that, that was the one okay. bad one he had, and I felt like I owed him since he did participate <laughs> in the sour lemon wedge with me because he felt so bad for me. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun, a fun shoot. You know, I like doing those game ons. They're just so different and and get a chance to really see who, see who they are as people and get a closer look at their personality it was fun again it's on the arizona cardinals official youtube channel go to azcardinals.com for more information and uh yeah again premiere or the premiere of the latest episode of cardinals flight plan also on the arizona cardinals official youtube channel as well and go to azcardinals.com for more information for that all right we're gonna let danny go get some real food thanks is that good so your your stomach is not gonna hurt i am a little hungry right now no normally whenever we have press conferences and i haven't had a chance (laughs) to eat lunch yet i'm thinking to myself oh i hope darren can't hear my stomach rumbling sitting next to me well if it ever gets picked up by the microphones that's when we'll have some real problems but i don't think it's not. not that loud hopefully not all right well let's get danny fed and on that note we will put a lid on this edition of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer jim Almondro, our associate producer cody fincher for danny sarek i'm craig riolu we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two